Hi, welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I'm the film critic for the website Quipster.net. I invite you to check out all of my written work there. I've been doing film reviews for over 20 years now. All of my written work is there, over 3,850 to choose from. Quipster.net's where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Today I'm going to be looking at a film that's the latest Disney live-action movie. It's Pete's Dragon. If you know your Disney films, you know Pete's Dragon's actually a remake of one of their own films from 1977. This one's a fantasy adventure. It's PG-rated because of action, peril, and brief language. It runs an hour and 43 minutes. The cast includes Oakes Fagley, Bryce Dallas Howard, Robert Redford, Carl Urban, Wes Bentley, and Una Lawrence. David Lowry is the director. Lowry also writes a screenplay along with Toby Hallbrooks. So, as far as sequels go, this is a pretty rare one because it actually makes the original feel obsolete. This 2016 version of Disney's Peace Dragon is a way to take an original concept, but very flawed one, I should say, and make it a winner for a whole new generation of fans. Now, Gone is the dated use of the animation mixed with live action, and that definitely is not convincing today. The original had half-memorable musical numbers, including one that was nominated for an Oscar that a lot of people don't really remember either. The 1977 movie was also tainted by somewhat distasteful subplots that involved such things as child slavery, and there was even this really grotesque attempted murder of the beloved dragon. In order for the bad guys to, I guess, use his carcass to grind down his bones and skin to make money selling bombs and ointments. The snake oil salesmen are the worst, and it really left a bad taste in the mouth. Now, the 1977 original coasted a lot on whimsy, but this effort plays things almost wholly for its family drama. It's unafraid to dabble into realms of such things as sadness or even a little bit of fright for the audience. But even those things are done with such a light and deft hand. Although it does cover a lot of subject matter, including death and loss and loneliness, it's not the kind of thing that's going to break the hearts of your children who are going to invest their interest into the plight of this bond that exists between the boy and his dragon, or should I say, a dragon and his boy. This very gentle, very dreamlike film starts with some of that heavier material. We find the titular Pete as a very young boy, and he ends up left orphaned after his family car crashes. And that leaves Pete alone in the very dense woods of the Pacific Northwest with seemingly no one around to protect him. He's not going to live very long here, that is, until a very kind-hearted giant green dragon, who apparently has also gone astray from his own family, That dragon comes along to take the child under his wing, almost literally, and to raise him for the next six years in seclusion in those woods. We come to find Pete later. I guess this film is set sometime in the 1980s. Now Pete is 10 years old. He's discovered by a very friendly forest ranger named Grace, who's played by Bryce Dallas Howard. Grace takes the lad home with her daughter Natalie and her fiancé Jack until they can find out where Pete's home actually is and maybe find out more about his backstory. However, there are complications that eventually arise. Jack's brother, Gavin, played by Carl Urban, he runs into Elliot, which is what Pete actually calls the dragon based on the name of a dog in his one and only children's book that he retains from the period of the car crash. 
they're out in the woods working for their logging company, and Gavin sees a means to become perhaps wealthy and famous if he can capture this magical creature for all the world to see. Now, this is a very familiar story. It's not only because it's a remake, but also because many other family films, such as E.T., or My Neighbor Totoro, or more recently, another Spielberg film, The BFG, they those all follow a very similar formula. And Pete's Dragon succeeds despite its familiarity because it's actually a very competent version of that seemingly age-old plot of a boy and his wondrous protector. Imbuing Elliot with the fur and the personality of a loyal but very intelligent puppy dog, Pete's Dragon establishes the bond of friendship and family with Pete early, and that serves up a great deal of suspense and warmth that comes later in the story as the two, boy and dragon, get into their own forms of trouble while trying to find a way to reunite. The kids in this film are not played to cloying or acute levels. The adults are not portrayed as unfeeling or neglectful of the kids' needs. And that makes this a kind of family film that's really a family film. It's rare to find in this day and age when you're trying to tell a story meant to tell things from the point of view of a young boy. Usually adults come off as completely without any kind of understanding of what the children are going through, or they're just bad people, definitely. So kudos is in great order for the director and co-scripter David Lowry. He spent many years as a director and editor of some respectable but not terribly popular indie movies, such as Ain't Them Body Saints. Lowry really delivers a very touching, very uplifting Disney film without resorting to cheap cartoony theatrics or the kind of special effects dominated artifice that you would see in a lot of other movies that try to cover the same ground. Now, while Gavin, played by Carl Urban, is the equivalent of a heavy in this film, it's refreshing to see that Gavin is not the kind of mustache-twirling madman like Dr. Terminus from the 1977 original. Yes, Gavin does seek to exploit the newfound creature for fame and fortune as some sort of freak show, I guess, but it stems more from a core of his own ignorance on what the dragon is, and he doesn't really know what he means to Pete. He hasn't seen any side of this dragon other than he's just some big, wild, dangerous beast out there. So, you know, partially out of his own fear and partially out of his own opportunism, Gavin sets his own story in motion. He has his own minor story arc. He ends up eventually changing his tune once he starts to see a more complete picture of what this dragon is and what he means. And I think that that kind of element speaks to the themes of Pete's dragon, of seeing potentially dangerous creatures out in nature as something really that should be respected, as well as to be left to be free and protected instead of to exploit them or to see them come to harm because of either fear or because of trying to earn a quick buck through the demise or the exploitation of them. A Pete's Dragon's not going to go down as a masterpiece by any means, but I do think that it still emerges as one of the better live-action family films in some time because it does build its characters very well. It allows for some mysteries and to let them unfold with a lot of patience, and there's a plot here that has just enough danger to make the plights of our heroes palpable, but it's not too heavy-handed. It doesn't leave a sour aftertaste once it's all said and done. There's going to be a lot of people misty-eyed at the end of the film, but it's not because of sadness. 
It's because of happiness at seeing a story done well and to actually feel some caring for the CGI creation that has been on the screen. Now, while the dragon does dominate most of the action and emotion of Pete's dragon, this is a decidedly humanist film, and I'm giving it three and a half stars out of four. Three and a half stars on my scale means it is a good movie by my measure. I think it's definitely worth going out of your way to see if you want to see a movie with the family and for everybody to have an entertaining time. It's an old-fashioned story, but I do think that it is something that is worth cherishing. You know, I, I see this movie is not doing great at the box office, and I think that that's too bad. I saw that happen with the BFG earlier this year. It's unfortunate that story-based, character-based films for the whole family are basically getting overlooked in favor of such films as The Secret Life of Pets, which just has kind of mean-spiritedness to it, but they have a lot of colorful characters and snarky humor and a lot of meta moments. It's unfortunate to see a movie like that make five times what Pete's Dragon is probably going to end up making. You know, I guess what I'm saying is if you really want to take your kids to see something that they're going to probably cherish as they grow older and look back fondly, I'd say Pete's Dragon is where to go. The Secret Life of Pets, I think, should remain a secret. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this review. If you did, I do encourage you to click the subscribe button and you'll continue to get all of my reviews downloaded into your podcast player throughout the year. If you enjoyed this review or if you've been listening for a while and you want to support the show, all I really ask you to do is to go to iTunes and leave a review and let other people know what you think. If you're a big fan of the show, if you've been listening for a long time and you want to help me out, it costs a lot of money to keep this show going. So uh, what I'm asking for is to you know, put a donation forward, go to patreon.com slash quipster and leave a donation and uh, let me know and I'll review a film just for you on a future episode. Until next time, thanks everyone. I hope that you enjoy your time anytime you go to the movies. And if you see Pete's Dragon and you enjoyed it, let me know. Go to my website, quipster.net, and send me a note. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R dot net. <laughs>